It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we connect the dots between our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual selves. So since March of this year, which is hard to believe that we're this far into the year with about three months left, uh, we've all been living in what I'm calling, and I think a lot of people call, a COVID-19 world. And um, the principal uh, focus has been our health. Um, That's been front and center for everybody um, since all of this actually started. So given that information, uh, if you go to my website, which is www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com, you're going to see a link there for Boomers Forever Young, which is a company in St. Petersburg, Florida, that does amazing nutritional products. Um, And, you know, the focus for them, of course, is to keep people as healthy as possible. So there's two major things that you always want to know and look at, and that is your inflammation level, which is the source of all disease, and your immune system. Um, And this company actually has products that can help you decrease your inflammation and increase your immunity. And if we can do that, then there's a good chance that we're going to be able to avoid coming down with any virus at all. Um, If you are on their website and you decide to explore, there's blogs there, there's videos there. And if there's a product that you wanna try, if you just put in my first name, L-U-C-Y in the promo code, then you're gonna get $5 off of your order. So I would encourage everyone to go educate yourself just by going to my website. And again, that's www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. And today I have as a returning guest, uh, Patricia Simone. And Patricia and I have done, I think maybe five shows together, four or five anyways. It's been over a year though, I believe we first started working together. Oh, actually longer than that. Yeah, much longer than that. Isn't time flying? Yeah, yeah. the show itself is two and a half years old. Oh, okay. And so you uh, came on the show not too long after I had started, maybe six months into it. So we're we're knowing each other about two years now. Doesn't time fly in spite of the uh, environment and the climate we're in? Absolutely, absolutely. And what we're going to talk about today is integrating all of the aspects of who we are, um, which I find very fascinating because most people don't understand that we have all of these little voices inside of us <laughs> that talk to one another. And sometimes we listen and sometimes we don't listen. Mm-hmm. But let me explain a little bit about who you are. So you're a certified hypnotherapist, you're a Reiki practitioner, and an intuitive counselor, and you're also an energy healer, and that's something that you and I have in common, and we've actually worked on each other, yes. which was kind of fun. Yeah, that was. Um, and you use this combined modality of the different skills that you have to help your clients live happier and more joyful lives. And I would say in today's world right now that that is increasingly hard to do. I imagine a lot of people are struggling to find any joy Yes. in their life at all. Yeah. So I want you to explain how people can reach you. And, you know, in the event yes. that they listen to this and they go, wow, I have to get hold of her. Mm-hmm. Well, I've just undergone my own um, 
website transformation. Mm -hmm. So I have a new website. It is www.juleshypnosis.com. I'm still located inside East West Healing Solutions in Palm Harbor. And my number is also available. It's 631-942-0506. And those are pretty much the best ways uh, to reach me. To reach you. Okay. And I know um, I wanted to kind of mention this, too, because there are some individuals that might not know that this is a skill you have. But I had somebody contact me a few days ago that wanted to have a house clearing done. And uh, sometimes we end up with negative energy that's stagnant. It might be, um, you know, an entity that just doesn't want to leave in a home. And it doesn't mean that the house is haunted. It just means that you need to move the energy out. And you actually do that. Yes, yes. That is not listed on my website. (laughs) But I do, uh, yes, we can do some clearings depending on what's going on in the house. The energy can get stagnated, just mm-hmm. like it can within our physical body. Right. And so, uh, depending on what's going on in the house, whether it's saging and clearing the energy, mm-hmm. or finding out why the energy is still here, right. primarily because it hasn't found its way back home. Right. And so... Yeah. I, I will share a little story before we start talking about integrating aspects, because this was such a fun thing for me. I worked in a little shop in um, a community not uh, too far from here. I don't want to name communities mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And, um, but I worked there after I had uh, retired essentially from being a psychotherapist. And I wanted to learn more about energy and meditation and those things. And so I worked in the shop for a couple of years. And I felt a child's presence mm-hmm. in the shop. And he was so sad. And I could just, it wasn't that he was, you know, angry or anything else. He was just very sad. Mm -hmm. And I felt like he was maybe about four or five years old. So I brought in a teddy bear. Mm -hmm. And we put the teddy bear in one of the rooms. And it changed the energy altogether. And I later found out in doing some research on this building that actually a little boy had died there when he was four or five years old of influenza mm-hmm. and so um, I, I think he must have died in his sleep mm-hmm. or but you know he, his energy just had never left and he was missing everyone and missing toys and by bringing that teddy bear in it made all the difference in the world the energy shifted oh it's amazing uh, it's completely amazing and you know if I can elaborate on one of my one of my personal experiences mm-hmm. uh, when I first moved into my uh, second home in New York. Um, my youngest one was about a year and a half old and we had a colonial and she would get up at night and I would just go downstairs and get the bottle. Have I told you this? No. No? So anyway, I would get up in the middle of the night, not turn on any lights. And you know, when you first move into the house, you have to get familiar with the sights and sounds and well, there was somebody sitting on my stairs. Whoa. I mean, that you could physically see. Yeah, I physically saw his profile. My hair was standing up on my, you know, on my whole body. I wasn't doing this work yet. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, it scared me, of course. Of and course, I, did, yeah. I had to walk by it and essentially through the energy to get down the stairs because he was sitting on the stairs. And so, from that point forward, I would ask my my husband to please go and get the baby bottle but he would not get out of bed he was sleeping he had to get up for work etc so I had to put up my big girl pants (laughs) (laughs) 
and walk through it. And I would clap my hands and tell it to get away. And um, anyway, and it was and always it was, there. It was there, and so I lay. And there were many other things that would happen: music randomly turning on in the house, candles lighting themselves, the smell of vanilla, mm-hmm. um, flashes um, in the window while I was doing the dishes at night. And I thought somebody was playing games in the neighborhood, but I didn't know anybody yet. We weren't there that long. And my backyard was so gated, there was no way that it could have been. But I still checked. So anyway, uh, turns out, um, once I started to get to know the neighbors, they did tell me that the son had passed away, um, however many years ago, of an accidental drug overdose. And so at that time, I thought, well, I'm getting too freaked out by all of this, Mm -hmm. that I really need to take matters into my own hands. And I started to talk to him and tell him that his parents didn't live here anymore and helped him move on without any training. I just, you know, intuitively Intuitively knew knew what I needed to do. And so from, from that point on, I didn't hear him or see him again. Now, it didn't mean that he was gone because I also gave him permission to stay as long as he would not present himself to us. Uh-huh. 20-some-odd years later, when we went to move and sell the house, the house would not sell. And we had to do a, a house clearing there and eliminate, and there were a lot of energies that were stuck in the house. Some were stuck on me from past lives, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, doing the work without really knowing you're doing the work right. was more connecting those dots later right. on, saying, right. okay. So it's very interesting about the movement of energy and how it can be held in a house, it can be held in the land, in the trees, it's everywhere. Well, and that's all that we really are, is we're energetic energy. beings. Right, And exactly. so, you know, a lot of individuals don't totally understand that aspect of who right. we are. They think that, you know, we're physical beings. Right. And we are energy beings in physical bodies. Correct. And so that's quite different when it you is. when you start looking at it. And I think this is a great segue in a way into what we're gonna talk about today right. because within our physical bodies, within our souls, mm-hmm. we have multiple facets of who we are. Right. And it starts from the time, you know, in this lifetime, it starts from the time that we are infants mm-hmm. and it's all of our experiences and how we interpret those experiences that then impact who we become. Is right. that kind of what you find? Oh yeah, we have, so when I talk to clients um, or even family members and I talk about like making decisions, mm-hmm. I when I'm speaking about myself, I often speak in we and people want to know, like, are you talking? Who's in there with you? And I'm like, <laughs> well, there's a collective in here. <laughs> right. That's who we argue with. Who are we arguing with when we're having those mm-hmm. thoughts and the what if this and that? And it's, we have a whole team in there. Right. And so for me, the biggest thing is to let your team know who's really in charge of the team. Mm-hmm. And you're in charge of the team. You are the CEO of your team. Right. But having said that, the you part of being the CEO could be an 18-year-old who's very dominant. It could be a child who's very dominant. And you've seen that, and I have too, in private counseling, where somebody will come in and they will present as this obnoxious individual who wants their way, you know, come hell or high water. 
And, you know, that is not necessarily the best CEO, but it's the one that's in charge at the moment. Well, that's the one that speaks the loudest. Right. <laughs> this is the way that I've been looking at it. And some, sometimes uh, when people are having such a um, battle, right, mm -hmm. of will, mm -hmm. we really are the silent observer, mm -hmm. the loving observer. So right. that's the one who's in charge in the way that I've been working. And I've created in, one of, in, in a session with my clients, having them create a safe space with their boardroom, with a board table, and they get to sit at the board, the head of the table, and then they get to invite those parts in that are not happy or that are outspoken. Mm -hmm. And then when they're heard and we can understand what it is they're really feeling, then we can make peace within ourselves and within that part that is really looking to be heard mm -hmm. and even possibly to be healed. Right. right. So depending on what part feels hurt or threatened, mm -hmm. then once we understand what's happening, then we can work with that. Now, I had um, the most amazing adventure, I will say, with a client a number of years ago now. Mm -hmm. And she had 17 very distinct personalities. And the job was, you know, to help integrate those personalities into mm -hmm. fewer numbers right. so that she wasn't so fragmented. Right. Um, have you worked with multiple personalities? So I wouldn't say multiple personalities, but multiple parts mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there are, uh, there are definite differences between multiple personalities and multiple parts that are working up because there's the memory part of it too, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So my clients thus far have not had multiple personality issues, but they are coming from a place of a belief system that was created maybe when they were five years old mm -hmm. and they're still kind of running the show right now so yes we'll work with the five-year-old and we have integrated many of those parts where and it's a process because as you know it's not just one session no cures no. all because we have to get you know each part needs to be heard mm -hmm. but once that all happens for me with some of my clients what has happened is the three-year-old is healed, so then maybe it's the 18 or 20 year old. But essentially, when they're all feeling healed, there's a big energetic re reunification mm -hmm. where they're all hugging each other and sending love back and forth mm -hmm. and bringing joy to the person who's witnessing all of this now. Right. This loving observer who's got the wisdom and the knowledge of all of the things that were disturbing them in the first place, just not knowing how to heal it. So that's so touching, isn't it? it when is, you get it there is, and right. you're just sitting there like, oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> right, because yes. they've had a chance to be heard. Yes. And so oftentimes we ignore, mm -hmm. you know, those other aspects of ourselves because it might be a little painful mm -hmm. uh, to go back and remember how yes. that felt, right. you know, at a particular age. So it was easier to keep it compartmentalized right. than to maybe address it. Right. Um, which I find, you know, very fascinating. Uh, with with the clients that you have, you know, if somebody is coming in and they have a particular issue, and I know in the past we've talked about um, several, you know, clients in your past that had to address different things, but what would be the most common situation where you would be helping to integrate maybe uh, these mm -hmm. aspects of who we are 
and you probably have seen a fairly common thread through maybe, it could be relationship issues, it could be job issues, Mm -hmm. but what are you kind of seeing? Primarily, well, anxiety is always the the cross, the crux of Mm -hmm. why people are coming in, right? Mm -hmm. But what's the underlying anxiety? Well, honestly, it all goes back to the childhood. 90% of it, I would say, goes back to the childhood. And a lot of people coming in have suffered abuse. So emotional, physical, domestic violence, Mm -hmm. um, sexual abuse is pretty common. I just had to do a review of my clients for marketing purposes uh-huh. and as I was reviewing certain things I started to see that thread so it's uh-huh. funny that you asked uh-huh. me that now because it's more in my mind and a lot of people have had family members who had suicidal tendencies domestic violence alcoholism in there and so when we are dealing with those things as an infant and child we're not really given good tools so we have to go up and create scenarios to keep us safe and avoid being in that situation, right? Like, what, it's, what should I do? I have to be perfect. There's where your perfectionism comes uh-huh, from, uh-huh. right? Or I have person, to work harder than anybody else because... Yes, and damage control. Oh, you have to do so much. And think about how amazing you are as a little three-year-old, a five-year-old, to be able to come up with solutions, right? I mean, it's horrible that you're having to go through these things, but you are still able to create those solutions. But when they start to come in at this age, you know, their later years, Mm -hmm. they're working on solutions that were created in those crises. Right. And they don't work anymore. They didn't really even work then, but nobody instructed us how to create damage control or emotion control or protection or even who to speak to. Right. I think, um, you know, going back over my... 30 plus years in the field, abandonment was Mm -hmm. a key factor for an awful lot of kids. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that they were literally abandoned, but they were emotionally abandoned in their mind Mm -hmm. because, you know, the people that they loved or that were supposed to protect them were not emotionally available, Uh, sometimes not physically available because they traveled all the time or, you know, there was drug addiction or there was alcoholism. And so the child began to experience, I can't count on that person mm-hmm. to be there for me. And I'm sure you've seen yes, that. Yes, absolutely. And that really what that reflects back to the child is I'm not worthy mm-hmm. to be loved. Mm-hmm. And so doesn't that carry over into future relationships? Sure it does. And then yeah. if they get rejected at all, it's just, you know, it reinforces. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> right. Because what we remember with hypnosis, I mean, one of the premise, obviously, is we're working with the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And that just is like, you know, your motherboard. It's the system that mm-hmm. runs in the background. Mm-hmm. For them to work together, the conscious mind goes out and collects evidence to support that belief system. Exactly. And so that strengthens in time, strengthens over the years where finally get somebody who's 30 years old who's either decided they're unlovable Mm -hmm. or they don't want to get into a relationship because they're too hurt. Mm -hmm. And that is a real And that's very scary because, you know, what if, you know, in their mind, what if this person hurts me again? Or what if this person abandons me again? So I'm going to stay on the fringes where 
I control the show. Yeah, and I'm not getting fully invested with my emotions <laughs> at all. Right. There's no depth to this. Right. I'm keeping my little heart protected. I'm keep and, and it's the child's heart. It you know, is. that's the part is. Right. I know when I wrote uh, The Adventures of Miss Twigs and Company, mm-hmm. you know, that that's part of what um, the three mice that represent love, truth, and wisdom, mm-hmm. that is what they talk about is, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that really and truly the only reason that we are alive Mm-hmm. is to learn to love one another. Right. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, for Christ to love the world, you know, right. if, if you look at it from a biblical point of view. Right. But that's the only reason, is right. that we're here to learn to experience love, to give love, to share love with others. Right. And if you think about it, you know, the stage is really set for that when we're born. Mm-hmm. That is where we need to develop the understanding of being loved unconditionally. But so many people don't. Well, look at the um, studies that they've done with babies that were in Russia, mm-hmm. you know, that were in orphanages. Right. And so they didn't thrive, and many, many, many of them died as a result. Right, and what they were saying is that first year of, of uh, an infant's life sets the pace for everything that follows. Mm-hmm. Even though we're, we're babies, we need to feel secure, mm-hmm. we need to know that our needs are being met, and if you have one that first year is horrible, even if the next 14, and I just read this in a course I'm taking. Oh, really? Yeah, the next 14 are not going to be good no matter how much love uh-huh. that is given to that child. Uh-huh. But if their first two years are full of love, the next 14, even if they are bad, are not as devastating as it is for the first one who had that horrible first year. So that whole theme of resiliency mm-hmm. is set in those first couple of years. Yes. That um, the firstborn quite often then is more resilient mm-hmm. because hopefully they did get a lot of attention and right. love. And then if the next one is born, you know, there's going to be less. Right. But it's the foundation, in other words. Right. It is the foundation, the feeling the time that we give to our children is so important in those early years uh-huh. you know not to because we don't know what they're observing with their perspective what with what is their life um, journey bringing them we don't know that but we know that we've all got something right that exactly. we're going to work on exactly so what is it that their perception is picking up and how are they seeing themselves in the world Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we just have to be very mindful with our little precious <laughs> future, right? Because right? they are our future. Right. I'm always amazed. Um, I think children perceive me when I'm near them <clears throat> as a very calm, loving individual. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel safe with. And I was just in a person's home uh, not too long ago. And um, they're, I think he's close to two years old now and he's just a cute cute little boy Mm -hmm. but um every time he sees me he kind of flirts (laughs) and this time he brought me all of his toys you know and i would hand i would pretend to be really interested and then hand them back to him and finally he just came up behind you know like in front of me but with his back to me so that i would pull him into my lap and he just (laughs) nestled right in and put his head under my head it was so sweet (laughs) and so it's not better than that right yeah and it was just this like I know I can trust Mm -hmm. you and I know that you're a very caring person so children pick this up they they understand and feel they can't always express it with words but they certainly can 
feel that right. energy and whether Absolutely. it's a positive or a negative. So if we figure that if we're arguing in front of kids and we think that they're not listening, that's just oh, the opposite. And not only that, but the energy that comes out in these arguments can permeate the house. Mm-hmm. Speaking about energy getting trapped, right? Right, right. Um, and Do you, you find know, that it goes to the corners? Because that's what I was always yes. told is it stacks up in the corners of rooms. Right, because that's what's blocking it from flowing. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. so it wants to flow. So if you're going to, you know, you have the corners... That's just a natural place, just like dust bunnies, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's where they go, under beds and in right, corners. Exactly. We don't know how they get there. They just get there. <laughs> oh, that's very true. Yes. So, I mean, and that's the one way that I can explain that the best is, yes, that is that is it. We can't see it, right, With if you're not looking for it. Mm-hmm. But dust bunnies, you can certainly see. <laughs> yes. Now, I have told people... Uh, I mean, some people don't like the smell of sage. Mm-hmm. And so I've said, you know, get lavender, pure yes. lavender oil, mm-hmm. and just drop uh, a couple of drops in each of the corners of your home. And right. the lavender will help move that stagnation out because right. negative energy doesn't like lavender. Right. No, that's absolutely a good point. Plus, you know, it freshens things up. and. Mm-hmm. Even really, if you think about spring cleaning, you're moving mm-hmm. all that energy. Right. You know, so you're making space in your closet, and as you do that, you're you're shaking things up. Right, right? exactly. And even if you, you know, when you clean your house, your house always looks clean, but when you do the deep cleaning, doesn't it even feel so much better? It does, it does. Yeah. You know, so... It's like washing windows. You I know, was they, thinking yeah, that, yes. you know, Because um, if you do that it's just like the sunshine everything comes in it it is yeah and you know you don't realize the accumulation of that energy Mm -hmm. through time Mm -hmm. until one day you say i i really have to take care of that right right something doesn't look right and much like in your home or even in your body something doesn't feel right right and feelings are really a first indicator of something's off Exactly. So, you know, kind of coming back to these aspects of who we are. So if we're looking at the foundation, Mm -hmm. I I guess it would be a good place to go for listeners, even if they're journaling some of this just to help them process, that if you can look back and you know maybe your family history, uh, the first two, three, four years of your life, what was that all about? You know, because... Uh, Eric Erickson, I'm sure you oh, remember course, studying yeah. him, but when I was in graduate school, I did um, a semester where I actually did a presentation on his uh, philosophies mm-hmm. and how he viewed the different stages of life. And that was all about integration, too, because mm-hmm. if you are not successful in integrating that first level, you take all those unresolved issues into the next one. Right. And then if that one isn't resolved very well, now you're taking even more into right. the next one. So if people are listening and they're going, well, you know, I hate my job. Right. Okay? Or I'm just not getting along with a particular child. Or maybe it's a partnership, um, you know, marriage-wise or otherwise, that isn't working the way it should work. Mm-hmm. Then if they begin to look possibly at these core issues that they may be dragging along with them Mm -hmm. and like you said with a boardroom so the boardroom if you have the intuitive self coming from the heart sitting at the head of the board yes and then that individual is giving everybody around the table an opportunity to say have their say right 
Right. Then they can begin to be heard as the reason I'm doing this is because when I was here, this didn't happen. Is it kind of like that? Well, so, you know, so each part is has got different needs, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'll use examples. We may not want to go around the table and hear all the parts, okay? Right, because that could take forever. <laughs> well, true. You know, true. so we may we want to address the one that's speaking up the loudest, and mm-hmm. what does that part have to say? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are supportive parts of us as well that are nurturing and loving and are trying to do the job that we're asking of ourselves, mm-hmm. but they're being restricted by this loud mouth over here who really is not letting things happen. Right. So if um, these, peop- this, these parts are more loving and supportive and help, let's just say, that 18-year-old part that's acting out, mm-hmm. um, what would the 18-year-old be willing to do? We have to get the 18-year-old to know he's not 18 anymore. Right. right. So how would you go about helping that 18-year-old know that what he's doing now is inappropriate? Well, we would start to engage the parts around the table, mostly the intuitive self, the silent observer. Mm-hmm. And we would want to let that 18-year-old... First, we'd want to find out why he's behaving the way he is, right? What belief system was he starting to believe You know about himself? Mm-hmm. And we can understand why he was believing that about himself because he wasn't able to have the knowledge and the wisdom of life experience, right? And we use that for, you know, very loosely right now. Okay, but I'm kind of thinking that the 18-year-old has this accumulation of birth to 18 that, much like Eric Erickson, there were unresolved issues. True, but as you also know, it's done in layers. Yes, it is. And right now, the 18-year-old might be protecting that 3-year-old. True. So that's why it's very individual. Right. You so know, what is this 18-year-old really upset about? What mm-hmm. is happening? And we want to heal what's happening in the now and get that to understand things from the perspective where we're at today, mm-hmm. how it's now affecting us today. When that's healed, that may make space for the 3-year-old to feel safe enough to come forward, right? Because the 3-year-old has the intellect of a 3-year-old. It right. doesn't understand right. things it can be hiding behind the couch, peeking out to make sure everything's okay. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, a lot of three-year-olds go hide under the blankets in their bedrooms. So. Right, right. <laughs> because so, then they don't hear and they don't see. And, so you know, we want to create thing. that safe space within mm-hmm. our heart, mm-hmm. in our mind, so that that three-year-old finally can come out and say what's really going on. And, as, and again, each, part, each person is individual. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is a three-year-old, and maybe it's an 18-year-old, but mm-hmm. whoever, whatever part is making the biggest noise and the biggest um, stress, mm-hmm. we invite, we don't state who to invite in in this hip- hypnotic state. Basically, I just ask my client to please invite in the parts that are upset right now and speaking the loudest. Okay. And that's how that part presents itself. Right. And so, again, it is individual, so it may be an 18-year-old, it can be a 5-year-old. It depends on what the subconscious mind will allow you to tap into, so it's going to keep you safe, mm-hmm. right, and not allow you to be overwhelmed with your own emotions. Right, right. Um, and I could see that most 18-year-olds would probably present as angry, mm-hmm. um, and the anger is there to cover up the anxiety that yeah. was maybe you know a predecessor kind of a From feeling. earlier, right. right. 
Right. And, but the point is, is to get the part that's feeling wounded mm -hmm. and have it come in so that the healing can be brought forth. Now, it doesn't always mean, well, maybe that was it. We don't know. That's all, again, depends on how much life experience the client has had. Mm -hmm. Let's say they've had good three years and something happened. And I'll say right, right now, um, I had a client who is wondering, and in his, I would say, 50s or so, and trying to work with the law of attraction, but not wanting to really do the deeper work. Mm -hmm. and getting angry at the world for not making him happy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, the world isn't really here to make you happy, per se. Right. And so what part he doesn't want to look at, mm -hmm. you know, which is really holding him back. Right. Um, that old expression of you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. True. Yeah. And I was getting quite a number of emails coming from this man recently. And I finally had to say, listen, you all... I repeatedly say you need to come in and do the work mm -hmm. or get a social worker or a therapist to help you work through these or we can find out what your subconscious belief system is and that is not something he wants to address he wants quick easy answers through email I don't work through email right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't get into the subconscious mind to be an email no you can't no, and not make progressive results right you know I think I would guess that this individual is 50 or under. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in today's world, we as a culture have gotten so used, and I think, you know, prescription drugs have done it more than anything else, mm -hmm. um, that we don't have to work anymore, you know, at anything. That we can take the magic red pill mm -hmm. and it will do XYZ for us. Right. And mm -hmm. the problem is, is that there's always work to be done. We need to work emotionally on ourselves, physically mm -hmm. on ourselves. I mean, you exercise all the time. Right, right. And so, you know, you're not going to be healthy if you're a couch potato 24-7. No. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think the idea of working on ourselves is foreign to a great many people that are under 50 um, right. because they're just, you know, it's like, what? There, there's not this magic bullet that I can take, a magic drink or yes. potion? Or <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful? <laughs> I mean, people want to believe that hypnosis is a magic wand, and in many ways it is. Mm -hmm. it, it does uncover the spell that you cast on yourself right. many years ago unbeknownst to you you know right. we don't realize what we're doing to ourselves do you think as babies you know as we come into our little physical bodies mm -hmm. that we have a magic wand that comes with us <laughs> and maybe um you know we just forget that we've got yeah. it that we have the ability to be amazing individuals right. great we individuals given, everybody's given that opportunity yeah. I mean, I think we have a magic wand. I think we have a map and a compass, and uh -huh. we've got our guides. I mean, we're fully loaded when we get here. <laughs> and then we forget. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're given amnesia, so, you know, we have to really uncover these tools within ourselves mm -hmm. and to understand the tools. We need to be challenged so that we can find our tools. Exactly. Um, I was laughingly saying to somebody the other day, you know, that it's like, um, you know, there are children that are born, that come in with not a whole box of tools right and I you know that's kind of what this person was saying and I chuckled and I thought you know that's true I mean some of us are given hammers and some are given <laughs> screwdrivers and some are given pliers and it's yeah. like we have to get them all together right and it's like all <laughs> aspects of ourselves right. have to come in and then we have a toolbox right and you know one thing I say also is um, 
to understand how we use our tools and how we develop and find them. Mm -hmm. When you have your car for the first time and you have a flat tire, a flat tire, theoretically, we all know how it works to change the tire. However, putting it into practice is right. far different. So That's why I have AAA. Yeah, <laughs> me too, right? They've got better tools. So they they have better tools. To, and they know how to use them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if we were stranded someplace and we had no cell service, right? Right. Let's look at this now. We would take that the part out that lifts the car, the jack. We don't really know how to use it, but we know what it does. We, we know what to, it does. We just have to... We have to figure out how to use the jack. Mm -hmm. Once we figure it out that first time, we're surely going to remember it the next time, if there should be a next time. Right. If we try and use the, you know, what would come next, how to take the lug nuts off, right? Mm -hmm. Or which tool do I use now? You try the hammer, you say, that doesn't work, Mm -hmm. and you rummage through your toolbox, which you have Mm -hmm. in your car, Mm -hmm. until you find the appropriate tool. Right. And now that you've put it into application, you know how to use it. You might still need practice with it mm-hmm. when you find the tool, but with consistency, it brings results. Right. And eventually, even though you may not want to, you're going to be changing that tire like a pro five times down the road or maybe three times, right? Right. I, I would say the first time is definitely a stumbling process. Yes. And by the time you get to probably number three, yeah. You know, and hopefully you don't have to do that that often. Yeah. But the thing is is that life is going to keep throwing curveballs at us. Right. And that's how we grow. That's right. how we discover our own resilience, our own ability and to strength. cope. Mm-hmm. Yes. And finding those tools. I mean, you don't want to be stranded, but you have tools. Right. And we're not stranded. We've been given these tools. We just don't know that we have them until we're forced to use them really. To use them. And if we're forced to use them, you know, going back to the child, Mm -hmm. if we're forced to use them at age two or three because, you know, maybe there is um, a divorce, maybe there's a death in the family, um, there's something that's very traumatic. So at that point, that child doesn't really have the knowledge of all the tools that are in their box. So they do the best they can with what they've got. And hopefully there's support. But if there isn't, then that wound kind of keeps coming with that child as they move into adulthood. So like the gentleman that is saying, wait a minute, let's solve this through an email yes or a text. (laughs) It's not gonna help him develop his tools. You know, and 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 I don't mind advising, but there comes a point when you have to recognize that Mm -hmm. if you're not in a good space, no matter how many emails you write to each other, mm-hmm. you're not going to feel better. Right. Right. It really ha- you have to do the work. Right. And that's fine. The work is finding your tools and learning how to use them. You know, um, I'm going to use another kind of analogy here, but um, I have a friend who recently had a hip replacement, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he tried for years, you know, to do everything under the sun, prolazone shots and mm-hmm. different kinds of nutritional products you know to get it to work better Mm -hmm. and they finally said no it's it's totally bone on bone you don't have any ability to regenerate cartilage in that area so we're going to have to do hip replacement and um and and i think that's probably a good analogy is that sometimes it has to get so painful you know that you're going to go through you know maybe um I don't know, like a loss of a job, or you're going to go through a relationship that totally uh, is broken apart, 
because you don't want to do the work. Right. And so the pain has to override, like with this person, yeah. he had to go get a hip replacement. There wasn't any ifs, ands, or buts. Right. He was going to continue to have the pain, and now he doesn't. He doesn't have the pain and anymore. He doesn't, have, he the doesn't pain. have the pain anymore. And that is great because, you know, what are we here when the pain of, be, of staying the same becomes stronger than mm-hmm. the fear of change mm-hmm. is when we actually will make the change. Right. So right. the fear and the pain that he was in was actually so much stronger right. than that of the unknown future. Right. Right. And right. that's where growth comes. That is where growth comes. When, and movement. Right. When I, I um, had graduated with an undergraduate degree in psychology and really couldn't do much with that. Mm-hmm. And so I um, had decided to go back to graduate school after I had been in the school system for almost 10 years. And um, I was unfortunately going through a divorce at the time. And so the um, soon-to-be ex-husband um, said, I will support you, you know, for a year, mm-hmm. and you can focus totally on school. But the program was a two-year program, like most <laughs> graduate school is. Right, right. And I, I was, a lot of the work could be done independently. <clears throat> so I had asked the chair, you know, if I can accomplish everything mm-hmm. in 12 months, will I be granted, you know, my... Uh, graduate degree and they were kind of like well nobody's ever done it before and I think that that's again where push comes to shove if you are a person who can really focus and Mm -hmm. say the little engine that could I think I can I think I can which is what I had to do and so I was able to accomplish it you know in 12 months rather than 24 right but you know, would most people do that? I wouldn't encourage them to, because no. it was crazy time. <laughs> and that's much like many, you know, many challenges in life, right? We get this energy from some place that mm-hmm. drives us forward to get through what we need to get through, and afterwards, maybe we have a little bit of a collapse, right? An energetic collapse, right? And we wonder, where did I get all that strength from? And mm-hmm. there's one of your tools that was working for you that you didn't even know. Right. It's like is... the person that lifts the car off of a, a person trapped underneath. Right. It's an adrenaline rush. Right. You know, and can you manage it momentarily or can you manage it for the long haul? And then, like you right. said, maybe do an energetic collapse. Right, right. Because pushing yourself to that level for that length of time, you know, it's not humanly sustainable. Not forever. No, no not but. forever. But you know that there's an end in sight. And so, you know, even thinking about the holiday rush and how much emphasis you put on getting mm-hmm. to work, getting the presents wrapped, cooking everyone's favorite food, cleaning the house, <laughs> blah, 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 December, and even now, November these days, mm-hmm. is all leading up to the big event in December and New Year's until finally, I know, because I, I had this myself, January 2nd, I am... It, January 1st should be a zero day, right? Because <laughs> you're just exhausted. You don't know how you got through it. You did, but now you need to nurture right. and nourish yourself right. for right. all the work that you've done. Right. And um, You know, and a lot of people, um, I think, and I'm one of them, but, um, you know, the day after Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, is if you've still got company uh, in town, or the day after New Year's Eve, if you've got company in town, is to go out in nature. 
Mm-hmm. You know, go for a walk. Yes. Um, when I was living in Wisconsin, it would be either snowshoe time or it would be yeah. cross-country time. But you'd go to the parks where you could do that. Right. And just leave the packages and the ribbons and the paper and the mm-hmm. leftover food and just go restore yourself out right. in nature. Yeah, I know. We used to do that on Thanksgiving, actually. I think mm-hmm. it was my mom's way of getting us out Probably. while she prepared food. But we had um, some campgrounds near us. We would all go down there and do some hiking, and mm-hmm. and it was fabulous for me. Um, now we're so fortunate to have you know beautiful weather all year long. We can go out and get grounded, and we can get reconnected to the Earth's energy, which charges us up. Right. It right. recharges us, and that's part of really grounding, mm-hmm. putting your feet in nature with your shoes off. Right. 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 Or soaking in all of that um, air in the forests mm-hmm. and. And just being still and listening. And that is a big key, is, is when we are still and actually are not listening to our little voices inside of our head, yeah. but listening to nature, you know, the wind and the leaves. Uh, this time of year, even here, we have leaves fluttering to the ground. Yes, um, we do. And we've got little um, tiny acorns that are dropping, dropping and so and we can hear those. And we hear birds that are returning right. from northern areas because right. the songs are slightly different. Yeah, and it's beautiful if you just sit and listen to nature. And one thing that I will say is that nature has gotten louder since the qu- the cars were quieter yes. earlier in the year. Right. It was like, wow, you know, that osprey has such a beautiful sound. Yes, yes, and they do. You wouldn't notice that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may not even connect the two, the sound with that particular bird, mm-hmm. if you weren't listening. You know, when I was a little girl, um, all of us were like two years apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have two younger brothers. and But when I was little, uh, Mom used to take a great big quilt and put it on the ground outside. And that's where we would go and take our naps oh. when the weather was nice. And she would read a book for maybe an hour mm-hmm. while we were having a nap time. And even if we didn't go to sleep, mm-hmm. we were outside. Good. And so I learned to look at cloud formations. Yes, and that's just, beautiful. Um, you know, and using your imagination. So Right. I still do that. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I go to when I'm at the beach. I'm always looking up and just looking. The you know, and there's so many clouds all the time too. Yes, they yeah. all show you something, right? But it's a great way of med, you know to meditate and mm-hmm. get the mind quiet. Mm-hmm. And really, when the mind is quiet, you can do so much more. Yes, you can. You have more energy. So, what happens to people that? You know, whether they're seeing you or whether they're seeing maybe a traditional therapist and they know that they need to work on integrating, you know, these different aspects so that they become a functional whole mm-hmm. instead of these little pieces that are running around. Right. What do you see happening with your clients? As far as um, how they can reintegrate? Mm-hmm. So normally what I would have my client do is what part of you is really feeling stressed out? Is it the um, relationship part? Is it the spousal part or significant other part? Is it the part of you that's at work that's having trouble? Really identifying what part of you really needs assistance. Mm-hmm. Is it the parenting part? Is it the sibling part? Or mm-hmm. the, you know, we're, we're siblings, we're children, we're parents, we're employees or employers. Right. And spout, I mean, there's, we're friends. Um, maybe mentors we've got so many different roles in life and so when one of them really needs something it does affect 
the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. So identifying, really being real with yourself and finding out like where are you struggling the most? What part of you needs assistance right now? Mm-hmm. And how can you get that assistance? Really think about, do I need to make a change here? You know, because essentially the only way that change will happen is if you activate change. The world will not change for you. Right. I'm actually thinking about people that struggle in their jobs, for instance. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe they have a manager that is just an a-hole, you know, just can't um, say anything positive. Mm-hmm. to you know them at all and it's it's always you're not doing enough kind of right. thinking so that can touch off so many um, prickly areas in your life Absolutely. because it could be the parent that you never felt you could please it could right. be a teacher that uh, you know was demanding of you all the time and now you've carried that forward right um, it could you know you might see it in a spouse that uh, you're trying to please and you know it's never quite enough mm-hmm. and it's all wrapped into something that it happened is. way back and it's now being compounded in um, a managerial kind of a situation at work right. so you know I believe that we all have got um, parts in our journey here that need to be healed and overcome, mm-hmm. right? It's part of life's challenge. I think some people refer to it as your karmic lesson. Yeah, we can call it your karmic <laughs> lesson. Whatever you want to call it, the dark night of the soul, mm-hmm. right? Where it just is so exponential that it's touching everything. Right. And we really have to activate change. And, you know, that's when people, you'll want to have people come in. Mm-hmm. You want people to be reading, meditating, looking mm-hmm. for sources mm-hmm. of bringing comfort in. Going within. Yes, really going within and finding, getting to the core of it because, you know, one of the things I say to people also is, you know, we're students. Yes. We are eternal students. Right. But when we were in formative school, such as elementary school, you know, the teachers give you the lesson, right? Mm -hmm. They prepare you, then you get the test, and maybe you go into the lab to support the theory that you just learned, right? Right, right. But in the school of life, first we get the test. Mm-hmm. And it can be really hard to pass that test and understand why am I being challenged? What am I meant to know? Most people don't look at that until they're almost on their knees and to surrender. Right. And so then when you're surrendering and you're learning the common theme here of why everything is falling apart, then you get the lesson. Right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens is you get the lesson, you start to understand it. It's like a big aha moment. It's the toolbox that works. <laughs> it's the toolbox that works. But no, just to make sure that you've gotten it, life will throw you into the lab after you learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. Just to support. To practice. To practice or to see, did you really mm-hmm. get it or do you need to study a little more? Yeah. Do you need exactly. to work on this lesson a little bit more? Right. And then later on, when you're faced with it again through the spiral of healing, mm-hmm. You see, oh, there's that lesson again, and I got it. I'm not even going to learn it again. And you easily and effectively walk away without even falling. 
Okay, yeah. so it's like changing the tire. By the third or fourth yes. time, you finally have mastered you get it. it. It's like, you say, oh, not a problem. You can see it coming a mile away, right? <laughs> right. You, you know, before you go on the road trip, you may end up getting your tires checked before you go and doing a little pre-gaming. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Preparation, right? And taking it, taking care of you really essentially, right. knowing what you need and knowing how to protect yourself mm-hmm. is what you gain from finding your tools right and you know the that again an old expression but practice makes perfect yes is the more we you know cook the easier it is to prepare a meal the more we swim you know we can we have more endurance i mean there's so much in life that teaches us playing an instrument right yes until you're just playing it in the flow of life right 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 Right. because uh those people that are masters at their particular instrument, be it a violin or a piano or whatever, of their voice. Yes. Um, it didn't happen overnight in most yeah. cases. A- right. Occasionally you'll have a child that is a child prodigy. Right. But usually it's years of practice years. that makes you good. Exactly. And sometimes you find your gifts by accident. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, like you're just starting like, oh, my life is... Why am I doing these things? I went down this track because I was sort of navigating somebody else's ideas of who I should be. Mm-hmm. And one day you wake up and you go through with all of these um, transformational things. Right. And you start to recognize that you do have other talents and you're really good. Mm-hmm. It's how they say you take a fish from the water and he can't climb a tree. <laughs> if you put the monkey in the water, the monkey can't swim. So, you know, the fish stayed in the tree his whole life he would always feel that he's not good enough right and he can't climb trees and if the monkey stayed in the water he would sink knowing he doesn't have the skills to survive there he might flounder enough to make it to the shore because he he might yeah he (laughs) might but typically we know that they don't like water or do well in water Uh and so you know that breeds the feeling of failure Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, if we put the fish back in water and he just so happily swims away right. and finds his school. And you have to wonder, and especially with people that are listening to this particular show, how many of us had you know, a parent, it's usually not going to be both of them, but a parent that, because they loved you in many cases, were very, very hard on you. And made you always feel like, I just can't get it right. No matter what I do, it's not quite enough. And possibly that parent ends up dying before it's even resolved. Right. Yeah, that's the hard part. That is the hard part. Yeah, that's sad because this person, you know, the child doesn't understand why the parent is driving you. Mm -hmm. They just know they're being driven. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that we all know people who have been driven by their parents. Mm -hmm. And And they usually drive them into either, you know, really poor relationships or they drive them into alcoholism or drug addiction. Perfectionism. And and I do know people who have been driven like that who even play like that. Mm -hmm. They play like it's a job. Mm -hmm. And you know, then that's really not playing. No. Right? Because you're not good enough at playing. Right. Right? And so you really get very critical of yourself. Right. There are so many, and some of them have come out in the last couple of years, but people that are musicians that are at the top of their field Mm -hmm. that are now talking about, you know, their addictions and and their issues that came from childhood or people that, um, you know, have been driven to succeed in medicine or in 
but it's always, you know, there's like a, a layer that says I'm doing it for humanity. Right. But if you get under that layer, it's yeah. usually the child or the young adult that says, I've got to make a difference to make mom proud or make dad mm -hmm. proud or, or, you know, to claim my fame in life. Right, right. And they, that underlying drive is there. It's sort of like, you know, the subconscious mind is running a program. Mm -hmm. And Well, you said motherboard yeah. earlier, so. Yeah, motherboard. Well, I'm looking at the computer because realistically the computer is there in front of you. It does whatever you tell it to, mm -hmm. but it still has a system op uh, operating system. Yes. Right. And, and if you don't know the operating system, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not fun. But exactly. And so we have a, an operating system that works mm -hmm. all the time. It breathes for us. It does all of our life functions. Right. And we don't have to tell it to do that. It just knows. Mm -hmm. Right. But those belief systems, once they're created at whatever age, and if they need reframing, it's like scanning your computer, getting the virus out, creating mm -hmm. space to put mm -hmm. the new program in. Exactly. And so we can know that there's an underlying program. What is it? And, and it's time to clean and it. And is it time to clean it up? Mm -hmm. Is it time to defragment my operating system? <laughs> <laughs> and I think if yeah. people can do it earlier rather than later in life, yeah, the you know, they're going to live this life that's filled with much more happiness and, and joy, like, yes. you know, than we've ever had, you know, before. So, you know, and that... That's the part that I guess um, if you went into any bookstore or maybe, you know, watched a lot of the movies, mm -hmm. you know, it's the message is there that we are human beings uh, that are experiencing life right. and we can make it so much better, you know, than right. maybe where it currently is just by looking inside and finding that joy and happiness, that wonder. Yes. that a child has, yes. you know, to go back and recapture that. Right. We all, we all can have it. You know, it's available to us all the time. Mm -hmm. When you're daydreaming, taking a moment, a break from work, or the children, mm -hmm. you can just take a moment and just breathe. And mm -hmm. in that breath, in that moment, you can be anywhere you want to in your mind. Right. You can do anything you want to. And mm -hmm. it's just really these little moments of time taken for ourselves is just another recharge mm -hmm. just another grounding becoming present in the moment not mm -hmm. scattering all those parts everywhere right and maybe present. maybe learning to get into touch somehow with what makes them happy you mm -hmm. know to discover you know is it nature that makes me happy is it doodling is it cooking is it reading but what are the parts of your life that yeah. really bring you joy, and then adding more of that into the mix. Right, because most people don't know. Mm -hmm. And they all say to me when they come in, my clients, they want to be happy, mm -hmm. and I have to ask them to define happy, mm -hmm. and they don't know. And they can't do it. And the other thing they don't do is you have to give yourself permission to be happy. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to be happy. We're all, we all have that freedom to be right. happy. Right, exactly. Well, it has been a thrill and a yes, joy I love to, to have you Thank back you to the show. Um, for those that um, have listened to the show today, um, it is up on a number of platforms now. So we have uh, Apple iTunes, we have Google, we have iHeartRadio, and we have Spotify. And um, you can also send them to my website. There are a hundred shows there. 
that um, scan the last couple of years. So that would be www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. And just as a reminder, if you go into the Boomer Boost, uh, there's like a banner there. Um, I write their newsletter for them. And so you would be able to uh, go and you know look at their products. And if you decide you want something, use my name, L-U-C-Y, in the promo code, and you will get $5 off. And every little bit helps these days. Yes, it so, does. Um, again, I want you to share with them like, one more time where they can find you. Sure, yes. You can visit my website at uh, www.juleshypnosis.com by phone at 631-942-0506. All right, everyone. Go out there and make this your best life. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. See you next time. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.